And speaking for Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue on today in Acts chapter 19, moving on to verses 17 through 22. On our previous study, Luke told us what happened to some young men that had tried to duplicate Paul's miracles in driving out demons. They tried it on a man that was demon-possessed, but he jumped on them and beat them up so that they had to flee out of the house naked and badly injured. Now in the verses that we will look at today, we will see the effect of this incident. It caused the name of the Lord Jesus to be spread throughout the entire city of Ephesus. And here's what Luke writes. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike, and a solemn fear descended on the city. And the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many of the believers who had been practicing black magic confessed their deeds and brought their incantation books and charms and burned them at a public bonfire. Someone estimated the value and it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. This indicates how deeply the whole area was stirred by God's message. Afterward, Paul felt impelled by the Holy Spirit to go across to Greece before returning to Jerusalem. And after that, he said, I must go on to Rome. He sent his two assistants, Timothy and Erastus, on ahead to Greece while he stayed a while longer in Turkey. Luke states in verses 21 and 22 that after these events that he has recorded here were ended, it apparently was Paul's intention to go on to Rome on this missionary journey. The interesting thing is that he did go to Rome, but not the way that he had planned to go. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. 
Paul once wrote that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of this world's darkness. Our real enemies are not flesh and blood enemies. That is, they do not belong to the dimension of time and space, ours. Our real enemies are spiritual. They belong to the dimension of the spirit. Luke illustrates this in Acts 19. When the evil spirit sent the seven sons of Sceva running for their lives, having been physically assaulted, Luke writes that, When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed their evil deeds. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. There is a great gulf between Jesus Christ on the one hand and magic and sorcery on the other. The two cannot and do not mix. No one who knows Jesus Christ can play with the evil spirit world and not get burned. Let no one tell you that it's okay for a Christian to be involved in magic, the occult, sorcery, or witchcraft. It is not. When magic was defeated by the gospel here at Ephesus, the magic capital of the world, holy fear, came upon everyone, and the name of Jesus was held in high esteem, not as a powerful magical name, but as a savior. No more could the name of Jesus be taken frivolously or lightly. In its presence, reverential fear was called for. Many believed, and as a result brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. To believe in Jesus is incompatible with involvement in magic. Evidently, some of these who gave up now their magic paraphernalia had been believers in Christ earlier, but had retained their magical practices. Now they saw that that was incompatible with their confession of faith. Ephesus was the magic capital of the world. The phrase Ephesian letters referred to any magical scrolls that contained spells. Such scrolls containing magical incantations have been found. One papyrus from the 3rd century uses the Lord's name. Olive branches were to be placed in front of the one possessed, and the exorcist was to stand behind and say, Hail, Spirit of Abraham! Hail, Spirit of Isaac! Hail, Spirit of Jacob! Jesus the Christ! The Holy One, the Spirit, drive forth the devil from this man, O demon, whoever you are, by the God, Sabarbatiot, and that was repeated four times. Come out, demon, I chain you with adamantine chains not to be loosed. I give you over to black chaos and utter destruction. That was from the third century. Most of these scrolls contain a bunch of nonsensical phrases, but the ancients considered some of them extremely potent, if arranged in a certain order and spoken under certain rules. Such scrolls sold for a high price. The people brought these scrolls and incinerated them. Their total worth was about 50,000 drachmas or pieces of silver. The word publicly is significant. These new converts came and bared their secrets. 
The potency of any spell was bound in its secrecy. To publicly reveal its secret is to break the power of the spell and to render it ineffective. So when the magical papyri were gathered, their contents were open to the public and their power broken. Many such papyri have been found and are located in museums in London, Paris, and Leiden. Luke ends his account of this incident with the words, In this way the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. The cleaning of the church was the key to its increase. Christians had been freed from the occult that had bound so many for so many years. Finally freed from the constraints of sin, the church could grow again. It is believed that neither the house of Aquila and Priscilla nor the hall of Tyrannus could any more house the church at Ephesus. Therefore, it was probably at this time that the house churches began in the city. Many things happened to Paul here in Ephesus, which Luke does not record in Acts, but which are recorded elsewhere. Paul suffered greatly here. But many Ephesians came to believe in Jesus. With a strong church having been established here in Ephesus on the eastern coast of the Aegean, Paul, after two and a half to three years here, feels it is time to go elsewhere. He wants to move west to Rome, and perhaps even Spain, or perhaps even Egypt. Whether he ever did go to Spain or Egypt, we don't know. We know, of course, that he did get to Rome. Before leaving for Rome, however, Paul decides to revisit the churches to the east, and finally to visit Jerusalem. Although Luke doesn't say so, evidently Paul wished to take the money he had collected for the poor Christians in Jerusalem to them personally. Furthermore, he wanted to worship the Lord and celebrate the Feast of Pentecost with the Jews and with the Jewish Christian brothers and sisters there, even though hardships and trouble awaited him there. Just 
radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.